0: Hey, welcome to the Project Church podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento, and we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. Good morning, church. Oh, you guys were kind of into that, like... Wanted to clap and you didn't. Do you want to clap? Go ahead. Make some noise. You're good. Man, good to see you guys. My name is Caleb and my wife and I have the honor of being the lead pastors of this amazing church in our new building. And uh, man, we're so glad to have you. If you're new, I want to say welcome. Uh, We're just so glad that you came to hang out with us today. And uh, in this season uh, where we're having to limit the amount of people in the room, I just want to say it is a uh, pleasure to be with you in the room. Um, those of you that are here, those of you online, what's up? We love you guys. Those of you watching on Facebook, YouTube, thanks for still being a part of our church in this COVID nineteen season. But I want to continue a series um, that we've entitled "It's Time to Dream Again." Uh, this really started out of a few weeks back. Uh, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, "Like Caleb, you've been so focused on the discouragement." And the discouraging moments and things in this season that you've forgotten about my dreams. And I'm calling the church to shift its focus from discouragement to dreaming. And so we've done a little three-week mini-series. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I hope it's encouraged you. If you missed it, you can go back and watch on our YouTube channel. Or you can listen. We have a podcast on iTunes or Spotify. You can listen during your week. Uh, But I hope this has encouraged you and challenged you because the church... Right now, we need more dreamers. We need more people believing for greater things, that the best is yet to come, that God's still doing something and working in the middle of a season that many have had challenges. I've been discouraged at times in the last seven, eight months, and I know you have too, but I'm choosing to shift my focus away from discouragement and onto the dreams that God's put in my heart. The dreams that haven't come to fruition yet, the ones that are in process, and the ones that he's just birthing right now. And what I'm seeing and what I'm sensing is that God is birthing new dreams in the church, I believe, through this series. And so I, I, there's a reason that we focus so much and, and surround our Sundays around the Word of God. Because this is a crucial time Not just of information, but transformation. You see, I'm not just here presenting information to you. I'm up here, and we believe the Word of God, as we focus around it and focus on it, that it will bring transformation to your life. And so I would ask you, and I want to ask you right now, that you would right now say, God, I want you to speak to me through your Word. I want you to transform me so I leave here different than I came in. Because that's the goal, that God transforms us every time we dig into this. So if you have your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 28. And I believe we were created to be explorers. Come on. We were created to be discoverers. Like that's how God made us. We're an adventurous people. To go places that no man has gone before for all the Trekkies in the house. To try things that have not ever been tried. You know, I I think about as kids and we color outside the lines because we don't care about limitations. And then we get older and we realize it's not socially acceptable and so we stay inside the lines. And I think God is calling his church to color a little outside the lines. To dream, to discover, to adventure. My family did our family pictures this week on Thursday night. Um, we were getting ready for Christmas. How many of you have done your family pictures already? Um, hardly any of you. We're on it, okay? Uh, I'm going to give all the credit to my wife, not me. And uh, so we did our family pictures on Thursday night. This is your friendly reminder. Get them done. And, uh, and it was interesting because we got all dressed up and dolled up, and my kids are in their skinny jeans because, you know, I got to have them dressing like me, and, uh, and we went out, And we went down by Folsom Lake, and the lake's pretty low right now, so we had to hike pretty far down to the spot that we were taking the pictures at. And it is dust and dirt and rocks and trees. And let me tell you, it was a battle for the eight minute walk from the car to the spot where we were taking pictures to keep my children clean. I mean, Chrissy and I were battling every step, stop dragging your feet. Don't go up there. Don't, no, don't bend down. Like, I am, why? Because every fiber of their being wanted to go out in the woods, wanted to get in the dirt, wanted to roll around. Because that's what we were created for. Like, we are that kind of people. It's in our very makeup. And I think that in this series, there are dreams That God has not even revealed yet that he's revealing. I think that in today, God is wanting to remind you that you are called to discover some new things for your life. And so I'm kind of going backwards. I'm doing this backwards because uh, I started talking about dreams. But I want to help you discover the dream. So I want to talk to you today a message entitled, Discovering the Dream. Because I think some of you out there are like, I don't even know what the dream is that God has for me. I don't even know what dream I'm supposed to have. Uh, Or I had one, but I feel like it died, or I let it go, or maybe I'm holding on to the wrong dream. And so I believe God is going to give us some revelation that will lead to transformation in this house. So the title of my message today, discovering the dream. Genesis chapter 28, verse 10 through 15. Here's what it says. I'm uh, reading about Jacob. Last week we talked about Joseph. This week, we're talking about his father, Jacob. So we're going back in time, back a few chapters. This is before Jacob is even married. Here's what it says. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, or we say dreamed. And behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you... And your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. Some of you need to receive this verse today. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Some of you need to receive that today. So in this message, I want to challenge you with one statement. Which is discovering your dream isn't about you having it. It's about God having you. As we talked about last week, we don't chase dreams, we chase God. We don't chase dreams, we chase Jesus. Because if we chase Jesus, our dreams will follow us. Some of us are running after dreams, we're chasing dreams, and we wonder why we can't grasp them. I'm telling you right now, if you only go after your dream and lose sight of God, it, you will get messed up. And it won't even be fulfilling if you get it. But if you go after God, your dreams will chase you. They'll follow you. Because they'll follow you wherever you're supposed to be because God will have you positioned perfectly. Discover your dream is about you having it. It's about God having having you. We need God to have our heart today. So what I want to talk to you about today is the steps to discovering a dream or what dream discoverers are. Because there are some real attributes of dream discoverers and I think this is going to help us today. First, dream discoverers are courageous. We got any courageous people in the house? Any courage-filled people Man, I I love that he left what was familiar. So if you look at verse number 10, it says, Jacob leaves Beersheba and went towards Haran. Now, let me explain to you the story of Jacob. If you don't know, I'll give you a real quick synopsis. Jacob is the son of Isaac, his father. Isaac is the son of Abraham, who God gave the original promise to. Jacob is the younger son. So there were two sons born to Isaac, Jacob and Esau. Some of you have heard this story. And Jacob actually deceives and tricks his brother out of his birthright. He sells him a a bowl of stew for his birthright because his brother is hungry. And then he deceives his father Isaac out of the blessing while Esau is off hunting. And so Esau is obviously angry. He hates his brother because in this day the birthright and the blessing meant a lot. It meant not just financial blessing but it meant that there would actually be the favor of God upon you. And so actually taking the, after taking these Esau's, like, I'm going to kill my brother. So Jacob runs. And he goes and he lives in this land of Beersheba for a season. But then it says here in verse number 10 that Jacob left Beersheba and went to Haran. He leaves Beersheba and goes to Haran. I want to tell you, if I want to discover my dreams, I have to be willing to leave what's comfortable. That's where the courage comes in. Because Beersheba represents what Jacob knew. It was what was comfortable. It represents uh, what he was accustomed to, what he was familiar with. But when you chase your dreams, you separate from what makes you feel comfortable often. So I want to ask you, do you want to be comfortable or do you want to be successful? Do you want to be comfortable or do you want to walk into the dream that God has for you? If you want to go, you have to be willing to leave. Let me say that again. If you want to go, you have to be willing to leave. Because some of you want to go to the dream. You want to walk into the dream. But you're not willing to leave where you're at. And if you're not willing to leave where you're at with courage, how can you actually go to where the dream is? It's about courage. So I am a seven on the Enneagram. Some of you do Enneagram personality tests. Some of you get it. Some of you don't. If not, it's all good. But but the sevens have a core fear. And our core fear is being trapped. That's our core fear, that we're trapped, which is why randomly I'll just shave my head. And people are like, what, what just happened? I've had like multiple different hairstyles in the history of Project Church, if you've ever seen any of our old videos. Why? Because I feel trapped by the same thing. I'm like, I can't keep the same style, the same look. No, I- I feel trapped. So guess what? This pandemic was like my worst nightmare. For the first three months, I was trapped in my house with three little kids. We don't have a big house. It's like not even 1,300 square feet. Three kids, my wife, and me trapped. Homeschooling, trapped. Working from home, trapped. She's like, it wasn't that bad. Okay, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But I felt trapped. And so I had to take every chance I could to get out thank God for golf come on somebody golf is the the sport straight from heaven it's straight from God all right because I love nature but you know what I love even more than nature manicured nature come on somebody how can you not love golf manicured nature but it was interesting because what comes natural for me is to step out of what is ordinary or comfortable because my personality type like actually pushes me out because doing what's familiar and the same thing week in and week out like that is literally the most terrifying thing to me but some of you you eat the same thing at the same place every single time right you get ready in the exact same order the same exact habit like you don't change deviate at all from your schedule so for some of you to step out of what is comfortable or common or ordinary or 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 what you're used to is very difficult and so I want you to recognize that in yourself and I want to challenge you that you would walk in courage that you would have the courage to leave comfortable places because when you leave the comfortable places you can walk into the new and the greater places that God has for you We can be confined by the limitations of Beersheba. You have to leave so God can pull something new out. Some of you are like, I know that place like the back of my hand, though, Caleb. And I say, yeah, but maybe you're complacent. I mean, I I know how to work my life in this place. Yeah, but maybe you're complacent. Maybe you're too comfortable. Maybe God is asking you and calling you to step out. And that's why you can't figure out your dream or that's why you haven't stepped into the next season of the dream because you aren't willing to step out in faith, courage, and walk into the new season that God has for you. Dream discoverers are courageous. Number two, dream discoverers are rested. Some of you are going to like this because you got an extra hour of sleep last night. Come on, somebody. How many are thankful for that? Man, I'm thankful. Some of you didn't even know. Your phone updated automatically. I don't know if you know this, but last night was daylight savings time. You got an extra hour of sleep. You didn't even know why you felt so good this morning. An extra hour. Some of you were an hour early today, too. That was awesome. But what does it say that Jacob does? He leaves Beersheba. He goes towards Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and laid down in that place to sleep. I'm a sleeper. My wife will tell you, I need eight hours every night. How do you think this happens, okay? I'm just joking. I, was, I knew Chrissy wasn't going to like that one. I didn't do that at 9 a.m., but I couldn't resist. He stopped after starting. You see, you got to know when to pause. Because what I think is sometimes we're all about the grind. We're all about working. We're all about accomplishing. i got to make my dream happen. And maybe God is calling you in this season to stop, to pause, to rest, so he can give you what you need to have to prepare you for the next season of the dream that's coming. Your pace matters. Your pace matters. You see, we aren't in a sprint. We're in a marathon. And we got to run the marathon to completion. And it takes the right pace to run the marathon properly. What if your dream actually needs you to stop right now? Right now it needs you to stop. Needs you to rest. The Bible even tells us that God himself rested on the seventh day. That God himself then challenged his people of Israel to take a Sabbath and rest on the seventh day. And I think in this culture, we've forgotten the power of rest. We've forgotten that in pursuing dreams, we have to refuel and recharge so we can step into the next season of the dream. It takes rest. You know, I was uh, in seminary or I was in Bible college and I finished. I was 20 years old, 21 years old, graduated after four years, got my degree, and I was ready. Man, I was a stallion just ready to run. I'm like, God, put me in ministry. I'm about to kill it for Jesus, you know? I'm about to get out there. I'm going to win everyone for you. I was ready, 21 years old. And the guy was like, No, actually, I want you to go through a different season. I want you to go to seminary. I want you to get your master's degree in theology. And in that season, you're actually going to work as a custodian at a church. And you're going to be an intern with a youth pastor. And I had offers to be a full-time youth pastor. They were literally going to pay me like $50,000 a year at 21 years old to be a youth pastor. I had offers. And I'm like, $50,000 a year? This is in 2003, y'all. I was about to be rich. My house would not be 1,300 square feet right now. And I'm like, God, I got these offers on the table, like, good-sized churches. I, I could kill this right now. And God's like, no, you're not ready. This is a season of development, a rest for you. And so for two years... I plunged toilets, cleaned up after preschoolers. For two years, I met with five junior high boys and invested in their lives. For two years, I just studied, and my pace was different. And God developed me in that season. It was a season that I believe set me up for the next season. And if I hadn't been obedient Because the dollar signs look nice. Because I was going to have major influence. I was going to have a a, a position. And it was going to be looked on by man as like, wow, look at him. I literally gave up position, power, money to be an intern cleaning toilets. Why? Because God said, no, you're not ready. This is a season of rest. This is a season of development. This is a season of maturing. And I need you to go through this in order to step into what I have for you. I don't believe I would be here today if I had not taken those two years and been obedient to God. And I'll tell you, those two years, I was bitter at God a lot of the time. I'm just being real. Can we be real that we have feelings as human beings? I wasn't real happy with God. I'm like, God, why would you do me like this? Like, do you know who I am? I'm cleaning toilets. I'm plunging toilets. Like, God, I could be doing big things right now. He's like, no, you couldn't because your character wasn't ready. Because your heart wasn't ready for it. So I want to challenge you that maybe the season that you're resenting is the season you need to prepare you for the promise and the dream that God's put in your heart. Dream discoverers are rested. Jacob stopped. He laid his head down he took a nap. He went to sleep and that's when he had his dream. Third is dream discoverers are listeners. Everybody say, listen. I was looking at this verse number 11 and, and something jumped out at me. When it says he lays down, he takes one of the stones of the place and he puts it under his head and lays down in that place to sleep. Now, how many of you know that a rock doesn't feel like a pillow? I don't know if you ever slept outside under the stars. You ever been in a tent. You ever laid on the ground, maybe not had a pillow. Let me tell you, rocks don't feel like pillows. They just don't. But I felt like I was saying to truly chase dreams, we have to be willing to lay our head on hard places. We have to be willing to do hard things. And often, we have to lay our head on something hard to get to the dream that God has for us. If Jacob hadn't stopped and laid his head on the rock, I don't know if he would have had the dream that he had. People often don't reach their dreams, I believe, because they aren't willing to do and handle places that are hard. Yeah, I didn't think you'd say much about that. I thought you'd be quiet. Because we want the path of least resistance. Our generation, we're we're a little soft. No offense, because I'm talking to myself. We want the the easier path, the the road more traveled. We want the the wide path, the, the smooth path, the less rocky path, the less hilly path. Why? Because we don't want the hard things. And some of you are walking through hard things right now. I want to tell you the hard things are what God needed you to walk through. So hear me. Listen. When God says do the hard thing and not the easy thing, you say, okay, I have a choice right now. I'll either be faithful and obedient or i choose my path. Because you're always going to choose the path of least resistance. But when you listen to the voice of God, you're willing to step into the hard things, the hard paths, because you're saying, I can do hard things with God on my side. So I need you to say this with me right now. Say, I can do hard things. Say it again. Say, I can do hard things. Listen, I know Jesus is in our hearts and some of you are trying to discover the dreams right now. Jesus might be in your heart, but you need Jesus to get a hold of your head too. And the hard things often remind us and, and get our attention and say, you've, got, you've given me your heart. I mean, Jesus is in my heart. I prayed the prayer. But does he have a hold of our heads? And that's why we renew our minds every single day as the word tells us. How many of you know kids hear Everything. I got three kids, they hear everything. They repeat everything. They'll say things. I'm like, I didn't think they were listening. My wife, um, she, she does this thing. She's been doing it for 12 years, and y'all need to pray for her. She needs the Holy Spirit to move in her life right now. And I'm not exaggerating at all. This is 100, okay? Anytime I ask my wife where something is, Chrissy, do you know where this is? Chrissy, have you seen this? She responds the same way every single time. She says, oh, I think it's up your butt and around the corner. I kid you not. I told you to pray for her. She's 38 years old. She has gray hair. Every single time. Chrissy, I don't even know why I ask her where things are anymore because it's the same response every time. For 12 years. Y'all know I'm a patient man. That's my next point actually. But my kids hear everything. And so now, any, and it's not as she asks. Because they're used to hearing her say it to me. It's if I ask. So now if they ever hear me ask anything, I say, hey, has anyone seen this? They go, oh yeah, dad, I think it's up your butt. And around the corner, my nine-year-old, my seven-year-old, my five-year-old little girl says it to me. They hear everything, don't they? I don't think our issue is God speaking. I think our issue is us listening. Because our our God is always speaking. We're just too distracted to hear him. And I think about kids and, and the power of kids' ears. They hear everything. They repeat everything. And I just, I wonder, man, how can I get back to being like that? Where every time God speaks, I hear it. And I don't just hear it, but I listen to it. And I repeat it. I mean, my kids repeat everything. They regurgitate everything they hear from Christy and I. My nine-year-old acts exactly like me, which isn't always good. Why? Because they hear it, they receive it, and they regurgitate it. In the same way, God is speaking, we're just not listening. Some of you have come in here on Sundays, you're like, man, I'm just not getting much out of the word. Just not being fed. It's like, no, 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 God is speaking. The food is there. But are you going to receive it and listen to it and put it into action in your life? If we're going to discover the God we've got to listen better. Get our ears more attuned to the voice of the Lord. And I would encourage you in a way of doing that is you just wake up every morning. You say, God, speak to me. God, help me hear your voice today and tomorrow and the next day. When I'm at work, when I'm on the road, when I'm driving, no matter where I am, may I hear your voice forth today. Dream discoverers are patient. I said it a moment ago. They're patient. You see... Jacob embraced the hard things. He listened to the voice of God when he has this dream. And God says, here's what I'm going to do for you. He listens. He hears. He receives. And when we fast forward four chapters, you're going to see he had not let go of it. No matter what he walks through. But here in verse 14, we see that he trusts God's timing. Verse 14 says, your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, east, north, south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now here, here's the problem here. Jacob is not married. And God gives him a promise and says your offspring are going to be like the dust of the earth. God gives him a, process, or a, a promise and says your, your, your people, your family is going to go to the north, south, east, and west. He says you are going to bless the entire world, your family. And I'm guessing Jacob's going... Yo, God, like, there's some missing pieces here. I ain't even got a wife yet. So single people out there, I'm just going to give you a little something here for a moment. Uh, um, this isn't a relationship series, but some of you single people need to hear me. He didn't have all the picture, the pieces to the picture yet. But he still trusts God. He still waits on God. You see, we get excited over the potential of the dream, but we forget about the price that we have to pay for the dream. You see, there's always a price to be paid for every dream, isn't there? And some of you single people out there, you're like, God, where's my peace? The men are like, where's my dime piece, Lord? <laughs> I'm waiting on my wife. Be patient. You may not have the right piece yet, God will bring the right piece to develop the picture. But we want to force a piece in, don't we? You guys have tried to force the piece to fit into the picture, and if you do that, the picture will become distorted. This isn't just for single people, this is for all of us. We cannot force a wrong piece to create the picture that God promised us. Because if God promised us, He'll bring the right piece, but We have to have patience because it's in his timing. That's what you need. Patience. Christy and I had a dream of planting a church. There's always a price to be paid. There may be potential. There may be a promise. But there's always a price to be paid. And again, we don't always want to pay the price. And sometimes the price is patience. Sometimes the price is something else. We don't always want to pay the price for the picture that God has given us, the dream. So eight-plus years ago, God said, I want you to plant a church, downtown Sacramento. Our church is now coming up on being eight years old. That's crazy. But I remember we, we left our other position, and we set out to plant this church, and for six months... We were just trying to build a team, and it started with me and her and and four other people in our living room. That was Project Church for the first few weeks. And I felt like God said, you got to pay the price. So for six months, we had no income. For six months, um, we financially were strapped. For six months, we lived off our savings until I completely drained, we completely drained our savings. We had nothing left. And right when we ran out of money, Project Church opened. Like the exact timing. And then our board decided we're gonna start paying you. For six months, we paid the price. And then our church, for the first two years of our church, we were in the red every single month. Every month, we were paying the price. With faith. And every month we just trust to God and God provide. And we trust to God and God provide. But we had some money in reserves. And right at our two-year anniversary, our reserves were down to zero. We had nothing left. And I met with the board and I was like, look, guys, I I, I don't know what we're gonna do. We've been in the red every month. We now are completely, we've exhausted all of our reserves, and something we're gonna have to make some changes. To our team, to our staff, to my salary, like to everything. And they said, We have faith. Let's just walk by faith. Let's not change anything. And at our two year anniversary, that month in January of 2015, we had our first month in the black. Nothing left in the bank. First month in the black. And we have been in the black every month since for the last five years. Now, we built this building, and we have money in reserves. In the middle of a pandemic, we thought, how are we going to finish this? We're in trouble, and God provided. Sometimes the price you pay is just walking in faith. You don't have anything to fall back on. You don't have anything in reserves, but you're walking with trust. I'm not saying don't be a good steward. I'm not saying don't save. I'm not telling you all to go drain your savings account right now like Chrissy and I did. But I am telling you, there's always a price to pay when there's a dream that God's put in your heart. And sometimes the price is just patience, sometimes it's more. Fifth and finally, if the keys would come back, dream discoverers are resilient. I love this word because I love the idea of resilience, of resiliency. And I look out and I see some resilient people. You want to know why I see that? Because I know what some of you have walked through. I know that some of you have walked through cancer in this room. I know some of you have walked through divorces in this room. Broken relationships in this room. Some of you, of you have walked through closed businesses in this room. You've walked through bankruptcy in this room. You've walked through pain and the loss of loved ones in this room. I look around, I know a lot of your stories. And when I look in this room, I see resilience. And if you're going to discover your God dream, you have to have resilience. Because in this world, things rarely go according to plan, your plan. But God always is working. He can even take, as the word tells us, what man intends for evil, what the enemy intends for evil. God can take it and use it for good. He takes that which feels like brokenness and he can mold a new picture. Craft a new picture. So I want to jump forward. I'm going to jump forward four chapters to chapter 32. Jacob now has found a wife. He found his Rachel and Leah back in this day. Had a couple wives. He finds his wives and he begins to have children. But he's still waiting on that final blessing. He's still waiting. And we jump forward to chapter 32, which I think is interesting because in chapter 32, Jacob has a wrestling match. And this is one of the strangest texts, I think, in all of scripture where he wrestles, and the Bible says he wrestles with God and with man. And he has this wrestling match, and in the wrestling match it says they wrestle all night long. And at the break of day, at dawn, the man who some would say was God, some would say was an angel, some say, oh it was just this is an analogy, he's wrestling with himself. But the Bible actually says he wrestled with God and man. So I think it's a little bit of both. He's wrestling with himself, but he's also wrestling with God. Dawn breaks, and the man says, let me go. Let me go. Like, you've been wrestling all night long. Not only that, but in the middle of the night, it says the man touches his hip and puts it out of socket. Dislocates Jacob's hip. He still won't let go. You want to talk about resiliency. You ever been through that pain? Dislocation? Injury? He still won't let go. And, and the man says to him, he says, let me go. And Jacob says, I won't let you go until you give me my blessing. He says, I'm not gonna let go till you give me my blessing. I think we need a church that won't let go. We need a, the church of Jesus Christ, God's people in this moment to say, it doesn't matter who wins this election. It doesn't matter what the world is saying. It doesn't matter what people are saying is the trajectory of our culture. I'll tell you this, I'm not letting go until we get the blessing and we are the blessing that God has called us to be in this world. We are a resilient church. We don't let go. We hold on. Jacob says, I won't let go until you bless me. And the man doesn't ask, what do you want? Which I think if it's me and someone says, give me my blessing, I go, well, what do you want? What kind of blessing do you want? It says the man doesn't say what he want?" The man actually says, what's your name? What's your name? Which is an interesting question when someone says, bless me. And Jacob responds, and he says, my name is Jacob. I'm Jacob. What's your name? My name is Jacob. You see, the blessing was not to receive something. The blessing was to become someone. It was about formation. God was forming him into who he wanted him to be because he actually goes on from there. And he says no longer will you be called jacob i'm giving you a new name from now on your name is israel from now on your name is israel now watch this imagine if jacob refused to let go of his old identity if he said no no no, i'm jacob though i'm jacob like that's who i am my father gave me that name like i'm jacob imagine if he wouldn't let go he would have never received the new blessings You see, new identity equals new blessing. And some of you need to let go of who you were. You need to let go of what people have said about you. You need to let go of your past, your past mistakes, your past sin, that broken relationship. You need to let go of your failures and say, I'm resilient. You let go of what you need to let go of, but you hold on to the God that says, I got a new identity for you. I got a new blessing for you. I got a new future for you. So you can walk into who you were called to be. And so something happens here. He says, you're no longer to be named Jacob. Now here's the thing about Jacob. The name Jacob actually meant deceiver or trickster. And God says, no longer will you be called the deceiver. No longer will you be known as the trickster. From now on, you are Israel. And Israel means this. Israel he says this is what it means it means you have wrestled with God and won you are triumphant with God that's what it means triumphant not on your own accord triumphant with God he says this is your new identity I've given you a new name a new call a new blessing here's what I love going back to chapter 28 It says that he has a dream and in the dream there's a ladder and I'm gonna close with this there's a ladder and it says that angels are ascending and descending on the ladder and the ladder was allowing things to go up and things to come down earthly things to go up to heaven and heavenly things to come down to earth and here's what theologians believe that this ladder was symbolic of the one who would come to make a divide a bridge to connect heaven and earth. His name is Jesus. You see, Jesus came as the ladder. And what he did was he allows heaven to come to earth. We are heaven bringers. He brings heaven to earth. And then it allows earth to go up to heaven. That is how our prayers proceed to the ears of the Father. Why? Because of Jesus. So I wanted you to hear me today because not only God want to give you a new identity in this room because you've been holding on to who you shouldn't be who you were what was your past not only that but you have to get a hold of the God that bridges heaven and earth you got to connect your eyes your heart your mind your spirit on the savior that is Jesus what because you're discovering your dream isn't about you having it it's about God having you God needs our hearts God wants our hearts God is looking for our hearts. I believe we will discover our dreams, walk in our dreams, walk in our purpose when we allow God to have us. We chase God and our dreams always chase us. They always follow us. Today, someone in this room needs to receive the bridge. You need to receive the Savior, Jesus, because He's the only one that can give you the new identity. He's the only one that can change you and allow you to let go of your past, to forgive yourself and to forgive others in your life. He's the only one that that can give you a new dream and set your life on a new trajectory. So today in this room, those of you online, I want to invite you to receive the bridge, to receive the ladder. Those of you Christians in here, I believe God is just calling you to dream again, to dream again greater to believe again believe for greater things would you bow your heads with me across this room online in the room if you don't know Jesus I want to give you an opportunity to respond to salvation you've never surrendered to Jesus you've never given your life to Jesus maybe you did at one time you say killed I've been running from God i turned my back on God I tried it my way I tried it the world's way and it left me empty and broken And today, I want to receive Jesus for the first time. I want to rededicate my life. If that's you in this room, nobody's looking around. between you and God. One, two, three. I want you to put your hands up online. I want you to respond to your heart. If that's you, yes, yes, I see those hands. Anyone else, put your hand up. Just slip it up real quick, and you can put it down. Yes, thank you. Come on, church. Give God some praise for the couple hands that went up in this room. And I believe somebody online is responding too. Everybody in this room, pray this with me. If you're online, pray this in your heart in your living room, behind your device, wherever you are. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, everybody say, Jesus, I need you to be my bridge, to be my ladder, to connect me with heaven as I'm here on earth. I receive you, Jesus. I receive my new identity. I let go of my past. I receive your forgiveness. And I confess that you are my Savior. I love you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Come on, stand your feet, church. Let's sing this one more time. Before we go, let's give God a praise. He's our champion. He's our bridge. He's our ladder. Come on, lift your voices, church. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the Waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.